0: Welcome in to yet another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. As always, Frankie Cardicelli, myself, Chris Watkins. Uh, We are in the midst of probably the... No, I'm going to say definitely the most crucial stretch of games here for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Specifically, these last two games that they played um, held great significance in terms of the play-in tournament uh, implications. Uh, obviously, we all know now that the Kings decided to split those games and, uh, you know, ha- had a had a very, very, very tough night in New Orleans, uh, ended up losing by 30, and then on a back-to-back, uh, got in very late the next morning, or I should say very early the next morning to San Antonio, and, of course, somehow managed to squeak that game out uh, by the skin of their teeth, and we're kind of... You know, uh, you know, all things considered, it's kind of a a net neutral like between the two games. The Kings didn't really gain any ground. They didn't lose ground, but they definitely had a real opportunity to make some headway towards the 10 seed um, and just didn't. Uh, Frank, is this what you expected to see? Honestly, I mean, is obviously, you know, you and I kind of hyped up these these next two games pretty heavily on the last uh, episode. Were you anticipating the King splitting? Did you think that they would maybe surprise you? I mean, you know.
1: Yeah, I think like it was very hyped up everywhere. I mean, we hyped it up um, every other King's publication. No, no, no,
0: no, 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 nobody pays attention. The people who listen to return of the roar only listen to return of the roar because they know that this is where they get the best information.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And we were hyping it up and it, it was something that I think it'd be realistic to to expect the Kings to either lose both or split them. Um, my gut was telling me they were going to split them. Uh, I wanted them to win both, obviously, but um, they lose the bigger one in New Orleans. And in in reality, that's the one that they had to have. They didn't win it. it. It makes things a lot easier on them if they are still going for the plan. If they defeat New Orleans, saying that's yeah. who they are chase directly chasing, uh, beating San Antonio. It was an inspiring win. They looked they looked good for pretty much the whole game minus a really rough stretch there at the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth, when they kind of let San Antonio go on a run, but coming out of the gates in San Antonio after getting beaten by 30 and another loss, which I was going to say the worst loss of the season, but I feel like I've said that a million times and having the plane issues. They didn't land in San Antonio until 1 PM. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. 1, 1 PM. Uh, what time is that? Local time. I think it's Local uh time.
0: That's not, that's not um, mid is there a Midwest, like a Midwest central time? I mean central, central time. Yeah. mid Midtime,
1: midtime, <laughs> <laughs> the middle part of the country, uh, central time. So they, they literally had five hours until from, from wheels down to tip off and the way it goes in sports, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not something you can predict all the time. You can't mm-hmm. always lay out what's going to happen in the Kings. I I don't think anyone expected them to come out and, and defeat San Antonio who was well-rested and you look at what's kind of up ahead for the Kings and we're going to get into more of it later, but I don't know how much this changes things. Like you said, they didn't really lose much ground. They didn't really gain any ground. Uh, I believe they lost a half game before we're going to pinpoint exactly what happened over the past 48 hours. So they, they enter play on Wednesday, three out. They, they come into play tomorrow, three and a half out. Um, Could be three again, because tonight new Orleans does play Utah, which Mm. tough for them. So, we're still in limbo. I think last week we said that they're in limbo. We don't know whether it's time to to shut it down and prioritize the top pick. We don't know if it's time to go full speed ahead and try to beat beat Dallas on Saturday and any of the Knicks at home, which is your your last in my opinion favorable game coming up, seeing the Knicks are really struggling right now. So it's it's conversation time around King's social media. Everyone kind of has their own take on. The King situation. Is it time to shut it down? Is it time for them to to win games? Because that's really important for a team like this that has two franchise players and De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. Is it time for them to play out the season together and see what you have, see what Davion Mitchell can do? Or is it time to be to be smart and say, hey, we are currently two games back, game and a half back of being in that four spot in the draft lottery? which gives you, a, I think, a 30% chance of, of getting a top three pick. Is it time for us to just use that to our advantage? And with that, I mean, that's kind of where I am right now. And I don't know if you wanted to talk about the specifics of last night's game, or do you want to just kind of get into that conversation? Because
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't really think the specifics of last night's game is, is all too important, I think. Um, you know, it. it we'll, was, we'll,
1: we'll get into players like it's. It's more individual player stuff at mm-hmm, this point, and yeah, and I mean the game last well, night. And yeah. I think
0: obviously, if they would have won the first night as well, it would have been a better. You know, there it would have been a more, a more uh, relevant conversation. Relevant conversation, exactly, because you know, if, if these were the, these, this is the first time, I, I, you know, since every year there's a couple games that really matter in terms of the trajectory of your season and some point sometimes you know like like these past two games you're able to pinpoint it before the game and really um, play that game with the level of importance it deserves and it did feel like that new orleans game for the first three quarters had that sort of intensity where both teams knew that this game is important that was a battle that it was, a was. Battle it really until, was
1: until that the, the beginning part of the third quarter it was yeah. a battle
0: yeah and so the fact that the Kings got so deeply embarrassed the last part of that game um, to me makes the conversation irrelevant. I think if they, if they keep that game close and then come out the next night and, and do what they, you know, they obviously they had a 13 point or what it, it was a 10 plus point lead um, in San Antonio and then pretty much squandered it to barely eke it out at the end. Um If that happens with with the victory in New Orleans, then maybe, yeah, there's a conversation to be had because this is a team that's still showing some fight and, you know, um, still able to show like, hey, yeah, they're they're as good as these guys, if not better, um, than the guys that they're fighting with for this this 10 seed, as crazy as it sounds. Um, But no, I mean, they just got straight embarrassed in the most important game of the season. And And to me, that just proves that they're – There's, (laughs) there's <laughs> I'm gonna do a Mark Jones here and just bring up a completely irrelevant uh young people topic and just to just to show that I'm hip with it. J. Cole has this line that that has been going through my head the past couple of days of the good news is you came a long way. The bad news is you went the wrong way, and that's very much how I feel. It's just like yeah, like you know we've we've definitely made improvements where I feel like you know we all agree that since the Tyrese Halliburton trade, it does feel like. Sabonis has upped the level of talent on the team, especially you know with with us getting Justin Holiday and and D. Vincenzo and Jeremy Lamb. I don't know if it's just different, but it felt like it was a new direction. But I mean, it turns out that these are just the same old. You know, it doesn't matter who's who's wearing the jersey. It's just the same old Kings. Yeah. And, that game and,
1: was very reminiscent. That that thirty point loss on Wednesday was very very reminiscent to games from earlier earlier this earlier this year. Yeah. it was I mean, it was like it was like Groundhog Day.
0: It's the past four years. I mean, I feel like the kids yeah. have just been blowing three third quarter leads and and late game leads in general and just not not coming up when it matters the most. And uh, they really honestly, if you look at the numbers last night um, for the Spurs game, I think the Spurs shot 48 percent from the field, 38 per, They outshot us from three outshot us from the field. Uh they out rebounded Oh, no, they didn't out I think we out rebounded them. I think we we scored like twenty more points or they scored twenty more points in the paint than than the Kings did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were just eight of sixteen from the free throw line. Yeah. And I think I mean the Spurs kind of kings did, honestly. I mean the, the, the Spurs probably deserved to win that game yesterday, um, but just didn't make the opportunities that they were given. And, you know, that that completely would, would flip the this entire season and there wouldn't well, even be a middle ground for you I think it would just be straight the season's over the, the
1: you're right the Spurs definitely Kings it they if I'm looking at, at the line score here they the Spurs they got scored by three in the first quarter then they outscored Sacramento in every other quarter except the second where the Kings they beat them by 10 points in the second quarter the Kings controlled the game in the second quarter and they set the pace and the tone for the rest of the game I mean is as bad as the Kings played in the third quarter that shows how valuable it is when you have one of those quarters that, that we see the Kings allow so often. Or usually you, the
0: third. Yeah. You
1: let, yeah, you lay down and let a team outscore you by 12, 13 in, in a quarter. And it doesn't matter if you outscore them by, by seven, eight or nine in the fourth. You you're it's a numbers game. You're getting mm-hmm. beaten and you get beat bad. In, in a single quarter, it can come back and bite you. And that's what we've seen happen to the Kings so many times, but last night, they were the ones that did that. And, it was really fun. It was really fun watching them come out in, in the second quarter. I think they went on a, like a 14-2 run or something like that. And it was when Justin Holiday was knocking some shots down. He finished the game 2-12-3, which that's Gosh. very Buddy Heald-esque. Um, mm. But the offense was working at that time in the quarter. De'Aaron Fox was playing well. He mm-hmm. he almost had a double-double. He almost had twenty ten in the first half. Um, and we'll talk more about how great he's been in a, in a little bit. And... It's fun. It was fun seeing them play the way that I think we've all hoped they would play for for years now. And like you said, with with the J. Cole quote, um, it's just maybe it's not really the right way at the moment because of the, the timing in the season. And and that's just the question. It, it's just the question right now is I, I am. A, I grew up a Kings fan. I want to see them win. I can't sit here and say I want them to lose. I just can't do it. I, I know it's smart for them, and if they lose, I can talk myself into it being a good thing, but I can't sit during a game and actively say, we're up by three with a minute and a half.
0: Take you know, Fox out. You need yeah. to lose.
1: Now, right now, if, if, if there's two games left in the season and then in, or three games left in the season and the Kings are eliminated, it's a lot easier for me. But they're not yet. And I put out a tweet saying that I'm devoting myself to Tankathon, and I'm, I still stand by that. I, I am in the camp that it's a smarter move for the team to shut down their two stars and to lose, to lose out. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I don't think it really matters because their upcoming schedule is so god awfully crazy, God-awful. difficult. difficult <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, that they could probably bring out. I don't know, Doug Christie in his prime and in Peja and they still might lose. They're playing the best, the the best teams in the league. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that they have the best teams in the league coming up over the next two weeks Mm -hmm. uh, after Monday that I'm not putting the Knicks in that conversation. I'm not putting the New York Knickerbockers in that conversation. Uh, But that I I digress. And I will say that last night's win, it 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 was refreshing to see them come out Tired in in every aspect, your legs, your eyes, everything, and and show up in San Antonio. Or historically, they've gotten worked. I, I pulled up mm-hmm. a saturday I think they're four in twenty five over the last fifteen years playing in San Antonio, and that's by far their worst road record in any other stadium. So, yeah, that's a pretty it's a pretty good win for them. It just it's the question now of does it matter? Is it going to be a good thing if they win in Saturday <laughs> on Saturday in Dallas? If they can win on Saturday in Dallas against a Mavericks team who's been playing very, very well against a player who Kings fans know very well <laughs> and who is playing like an MVP right now, Luka Doncic. Yeah. If the Kings win that game, Monday we're having a conversation of, okay, maybe they're two out and we're, we're really can, we can talk about things one more time. But I think we can't lose sight of the fact that the Kings, as of today, have the fifth most difficult remaining strength of schedule. There's 17 games to go and we'll break down who's coming up exactly but it's a schedule that I don't think anybody else in the league would want right now so that's kind of where so, things are at
0: gotcha so i just just for the record though i want what what side of the fence do you think you're leaning more toward i mean obviously i completely agree with you on everything you said about you know you can't you can't go out and watch you, know, you can't watch these games and and really hope that the kings put forward their their worst effort and and you you want to see them lose because that's just wasting everybody's time um but at the same time like you said i mean it, it is way more beneficial for for the franchise moving forward if they try and lean towards this top 5 pick um where just again yeah for the record where 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 do you say that you're sitting more
1: it could be a 55 45 but um, as far as tanking versus mm. not tanking, yes.
0: Um, intent and let let's say I won't want to use intentional, but let's just let's use the word intentional, but soft intentions.
1: I like you. Like I always give you, a tease you. I'm I'm not gonna and I'm not no, gonna fence that's it. That's why I'm pressing you. <laughs> but I'm gonna say I think it depends on how the next two games go in Dallas and New York. Mm. If you get to Monday and there's after Monday, there's 15 games left. That's still it's a good chunk of games. It's under a little under a quarter of the season. Really, like, there's still. 17 games, a lot of games. Mm-hmm. If they make it through the next two games and they lose both, you 100% have to shut it down. And I don't know what that looks like, but if you lose to Dallas on the road and then you lose to the Knicks at home on Monday, it's over. Like mm-hmm. it's over. I know it's over already probably, but then it's, it's over, over if you lose the next two. Because then you head into that homestand. And again, to rattle those off just real quick, you have the Nuggets at home, Utah on the road, Chicago Bulls, Bucks, Celtics, Suns at home. It's over. There's no Vince shot. Carter.
0: Vince Carter, dunk contest.
1: It's over. It's, it's over. over. Let's so let's go I, home, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Gerald Wallace was in the dunk contest, right? I don't recall.
0: Um he definitely might have been. Yeah, no, that sounds right he, he was, was either in those or in the uh in the j rich ones oh remember.
1: he was it was it was the j rich one i I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm confusing the dunk the legendary dunk contest that was the, the j mm. rich arm in the rim mm-hmm. one mm. um an arm in the rim sorry that was vince Carter that was
0: vince uh j rich what, did the between oh, the legs that's right
1: or he did the, um, the 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 spinning it was like the spinning through the legs j rich
0: did, did twice i think he won it the was dunk like contest a, and they were went, all sick
1: he went through the legs while doing a three sixty. That's what it was, and that mm-hmm. was insane. Yes, yeah. Um. So no, I I will say if we get to and behind to, the rim and behind the rim, we can yeah we did, can go through. He did we, one
0: behind the backboard and like went between his legs and like
1: threw it over his head. We, I think
0: somebody tried to do that this year.
1: Anyway, we already talked about how much the yeah. contest is ruined. Um. No, but that that's I'm not. It's not a cop out answer. It's it's my hard answer is if they if they split this these next two games, I'm still kind of let's see where we are on Monday. Like truthfully, if they lose both, I'm a hundred percent in the camp of it's time to to sit somebody because mm-hmm. if they lose both, I'd imagine they're going to be in the four spot in in the lottery because like I said, right now, um, right now they are currently three and a half. Yeah, there are a couple of games back of that four spot um, in the draft lottery. They they are yep three and a half. They're a game and a half behind Indiana for the fifth. And again, just to remind people, the Kings currently are in the sixth spot. That's a 37% chance of jumping into the top four and a 9% chance of being number one. That's not that far behind the number one team Orlando. They have a 14% chance of being number one. This is a 5% chance we're talking about, which you could look Mm. at as significant or insignificant. But that's the point. It's a chance. And right now, the Kings are at a point where they can improve those chances or they can damage them. By going for the plan, because as we've seen the last three seasons, we've seen them go for it in this exact situation, not just like a a similar this exact situation where Mm -hmm. they are a handful of games out with with 10 plus or 12 plus games to go. Or in the case of the bubble, eight. So. The next two games to me, like how we looked at the last two games. If we're doing it again. It's the biggest two games just of the season.
0: Keep pushing it. We're That's out. how you, Frank, you're learning this media game, man. You got to yep. keep – you got to bring them move back. The goal, Make them listen next week. Move,
1: moving the goalposts back yep. just a little bit. Um, but where do you stand? I mean, I, I know that things are kind of – they're – I don't know. I know I, I had to give kind of a, an answer, yeah. and it was kind of like not a runaround. but are you fully in the camp that they – should shut it down now, or do you think they should wait a little bit and then kind of see where things are in a week?
0: Well, if I'm going to continue to – Oh, never mind. Ugh, I was going to quote a very disgraced artist, so never mind. Let's let's not do that. I was going to – Can I guess? My mind, yeah, sure. R.
1: Kelly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My why mind I, is – Why do my mind – why, why did it go <laughs> immediately to R. Kelly? Disgraced artist, I immediately go yep. to him. Yeah.
0: Well, my, my mind is telling me no – but my body is telling me something else. Um, and, you know, my mind tells me, obviously, tanking is the better, you know, it's the better option. Figuring out how we can get a better, more dangerous team. I mean, you know, the, the only way the Kings are going to get somebody who who's potentially at that kind of caliber of a player is by drafting them and having them, you know, Come up from from rookie season on, and they're just not going to get that in free agency. But my my heart my heart is telling me it just feels so weird to get like six or seven games out of Fox and Sabonis, and then be like, all right, yeah, like we'll just we'll just kick this over to next year. Like I just think those guys it'd be beneficial for them to figure to get as many games as possible together figure out what exactly you have, figure out what exactly you need to address um, and, and go from there. I mean, you know, if live with the results, I I think um, clearly this team is not elevated to a level where it's like, it's dangerous for these guys um, to play in terms of winning. Maybe it will be more towards the end of the season as teams make their intentions more and more clear, but, um, I just it just feels weird for me to to give up on the Fox, not give up, but but just say we've seen enough from the Fox bonus pairing, and because presumably if you're trying if you are trying to tank, you would sit one of those guys. Um, and it just feels weird to me to 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 make that decision when. They just haven't played that many games together.
1: No, I agree. I agree. That's that's why you made that trade. It was to to put these players together. I mean, so you think you know if the Kings decide to turn on a dime and trade De'Aaron Fox this offseason, yeah. that's a different conversation. I don't believe that's going to happen though. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you see that they have played so well together. They're just missing a couple other guys, but they're playing very well together. Was that and, enough
0: hitting for you, by me, by the way? No,
1: no, that was a pretty <laughs> I, that's a pretty direct answer. I think that you want them you want them to keep playing. Like that's that's I think that that was your answer without saying it bluntly but you want them to keep playing and that's fine i do too but i don't want them to
0: like i do not i do want them to win though that's i want them to win but also acknowledging that it's not yeah it's nothing there is no there's no point there's no purpose as a matter of fact it's actually detrimental but i just i just you know like I guess I guess this is there's a media side of me and then there's a fan side of me, because obviously, you know, yeah, if you're covering the team and you're like, what is the you know, if I'm trying to tell people what the best way for their favorite team to to get better, it's obvious. Like I said, you know, the only way you're going to get that level talent is through the draft and getting as high of a pick as possible, because, you know, yeah, you can always be that one team that drafts Giannis or be that one team that gets Kawhi or Klay Thompson or all these guys that we've missed, or you could just get a top <laughs> funny enough. Look, we missed we, the time we got the number two pick, but everyone else around him was totally fine. It's just you, 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 I don't need to explain to people that you know, the higher you are in the draft, the more likely we need you are to remember you this. A though, Chris.
1: We, we need to remember that what, what Kings fans or or you want or I want and what the Kings are actually going to do are two very different, different things. Yeah. And that's why I come back to the point of they're not going to sit De'Aaron Fox and DeMonte Sabonis. They're not going to sit them until they're out of it, until Mm -hmm. they are eliminated from contention or knock on wood, an injury happens. And we, no one wants that. And you hear what the players say after every game, they are clearly in it. They want Mm -hmm. to make the plan. They're three and a half, three and a half games out with 17 games to go. That doesn't sound too daunting, right? Until you look at the schedule that's coming up. So that kind of brings it back to, I would love to see the team win and have success. And if that's what happens, I'll be very happy that that they do have a successful homestand and they can beat some of these teams that are, Mm -hmm. are far better than them. Is it likely? No, but also here's another thing that kind of can go into this as well. They might play hard and still lose anyways. They might, they might have the same results no matter what, which I saw. I can't remember who put it on Twitter today. Um, I think it was John Bull. Happy birthday, John, by the way. John Bull's birthday today. Happy birthday. Um, he said, like, look at the upcoming schedule. Does, does it really matter? Does it really matter if they sit De'Aaron or Sabonis because of how hard it is? Maybe not. They might lose six of eight or six of seven upcoming anyways. So I'd rather see De'Aaron Fox and, and Sabonis play well together get more time. Like you said, it's only been eight games. And then you just see where, where things lie Mm -hmm. at the end of this next homestand. Yeah. Your thought. No, I just,
0: I, I'm just really torn. I mean, I, I think I completely agree. I do think, like I said, I, I, just don't think that, that, you know, they're going out there right now trying to win basketball games that they're, they're not setting the world on fire or anything like that, but it is, you know, and it, By any chance, the team can somehow manage to win. Well, the thing, is, honestly, I'm you know what? I, I'm done. I, I was gonna, I'm gonna, I was gonna say like, if you're gonna go on
1: hypotheticals. You're gonna go on hypotheticals, <laughs>
0: six and three, or go on a seven two run. Like, well, that's And even if they do, it doesn't matter because the other teams ahead no, exactly. of them would just have to suck so bad. And In- there's just so many outlying variables.
1: That now, I'm Chris just, I'm
0: tired of thinking about
1: Chris with this though I will I will say one thing and I I'm, I want to say one thing the only team that has a is a most a more difficult remaining strength of schedule than the Sacramento Kings in in this or two teams do remains with the schedule more difficult in the Western Conference the la Clippers who I get say they pretty much have that eight7 yeah, seed yeah. buttoned up but the team that has the second most difficult complicated most difficult remaining set of schedule in the NBA the Los Angeles Lakers who look like an absolute dumpster fire right now they've mm-hmm. lost four in a row they have lost eight of ten and their upcoming schedule is is you could argue it's more difficult than the Kings upcoming schedule just to kind of look at this real quick and again the, the Lakers are virtually tied with the Pelicans mind you the Kings are one game or, I'm sorry, they're four games behind the Lakers right now. The Lakers get Golden State, San Antonio. Then they have a couple of easy games in Houston and Washington. Then they get Toronto, Minnesota, Toronto, Cleveland, Philly, New Orleans. Then uh, to go on and on, they play Utah, Golden State, Denver. They have a lot of complicated games coming up. So what I say is we might not even be having to look at the, what the Pelicans are doing. They might be looking at what the Lakers are doing.
0: But even then, and this is also like, okay, let's say the Lakers fall out of the playoffs, don't make the playoffs. Portland and, and, and San Antonio are still Exactly, part
1: of us. You're right. And that and that's what I was going to say, too, is I think we said it before we started recording, too, is that's, that's the thing. Sure, the Lakers could fall out, and that'd be fun from the Kings side to watch, but like you said, looking at the standings, the way things are laying out in the West right now, you have the Lakers and Pelicans who are a game apart. The the Blazers are one game behind New Orleans. the The Spurs are two and a half back, and the Kings are three and a half back. So, yeah, P- Portland though. I mean, we've seen that they have had injury after injury. that their their twenty five and thirty seven record was mostly contingent off of of Yusuf Nurkic was playing out of his mind. I'm talking like Demarcus Cousins numbers to get them help them on that run. Um, Anthony Simons has kind of slowed down a little bit. I believe it's. You never know. I'm not talking. To, I'm not talking them into I'm it. Done. I'm saying, in my opinion, Chris. In my opinion, my prediction today on March fourth, 2022, the the nine and ten seeds in my mind are going to be in this order: New Orleans at number nine, the Lakers at number ten. I think the Lakers are going to be a ten yeah. seed. Um, I don't think the Kings are making the plan. I want to make that very clear. I do not think we're making the plan. But what I'm saying is, they are mathematically too close right now to shut it down. But back to my original point, if they go on another two-game losing streak and they're five and a half, six games back come Monday, there's there's really no chance with that schedule. Mm-hmm. That's what things change. If they're a game and a half out or two games out on Monday, that kind of makes it a little more, you can kind of seesaw with, with New Orleans or the Lakers and you can kind of see who wins what night, who loses what night. There's a whole conversation. If you're six games out, Five and a half games out with fourteen to play, and you're playing the best teams in the league for two weeks straight. No, absolutely not. Even you can't you can't luck into to a four or five game winning streak. There, you can sneak a win in here or there over that time span and make things interesting. That's mm-hmm. kind of where I am. What like in that in the difference the discrepancy there.
0: Yes, and I think overall my biggest problem is if the Kings are going to make this play in, they have to win games first and foremost. And that's just not happening. It's not even like they're in a race and the teams ahead of them are just, you know, they're just keeping pace. Oh, every time the Kings win, one of these teams just keeps on winning and and holding us off. The Kings are in their own way. They're not they're not putting themselves. They're they are just losing games continually. What they're 27 and 41. They're not they're not close to even being a winning team. Uh, For the Kings, was, you, yes, you,
1: the, you, you gave them three you gave them too much credit. They're twenty four and forty one. Oh, twenty four. I Can wish I they're twenty seven. If they're twenty seven, 41 I was looking they, at the Lakers. I was looking at they, the Lakers. Right they'd right. be like, yeah, they'd be like the probably yeah. the ten seed. Uh,
0: yeah, they'd be around there. Um, it would be nice. Yeah, so they're they're twenty four and forty one. Nowhere near a winning team. They have to start winning basketball games if they had any illusion of making the play in tournament. And I'm just, I'm sick and tired. I'm just, I can't. I can't do, I can't do it anymore. And for that reason, as
1: they say in Shark Tank, I'm out. I thought you said you wanted them to play well, though, and kind of compete. Have I? Have you changed I, your mind over the last It's No, it's minutes? not even
0: that I've changed my mind. It's just, I can't, I, I can't, I can't do this. I can't try I mean, I, I never fair. really was looking at the play-in rankings or like having illusions, but I just, I can't, talk about this team like results matter anymore. <laughs> be- I mean, because if, again, like, I think they need to keep, I, I still do think that they need to continue to play their guys, but at the end of the day, it's just going to be more about, well, oh, you know, Fox and Sabonis really do look like a lethal combination for five minute stretches of games. And I think that they have gotten a little more comfortable with each other, especially down the stretch. I think I think it was in the, the San... I can't remember if it was San Antonio or in the New Orleans game where uh, it was like 91-91, and then De'Aaron hit that three. There was a nice little two-man game between him and Sabonis, and I think they both of them held the ball for, for the I entire believe, shot clock. I
1: believe it was last night.
0: Yeah. It was just, to me, that play, I was like, okay, see, that's something that we can build off of. If there's... You know, if there is a you know a crucial basket needed, these two can really have a pretty dynamic one two game that is something that you can build off of. Um those are the things that I care about seeing the rest of the season. Uh results aren't gonna matter. I really don't care about everyone's making a big fuss about Trey Lyle starting. That kind of stuff. Just I can't I can't get boggled down and should Shemezi Metu be getting more minutes or uh should um, you know, and I think it's a totally legitimate thing to say because those games still mattered. But like, should Mo Harkless have been guarding, uh, Brandon Ingram in that? Because I, I do, I, I frankly do think that that should have been the case. But
1: that should have that should have happened. That should have happened. We but. almost had like a it was almost a Clay Thompson flashback. Whereas yeah. somebody needs to go he just get him. Miss. Yeah, he just someone could not needs miss. to go get him, and not not Nick Stauskas or mm-hmm. Ben McLemore. Which, by yeah, the way, have, Nick Stauskas back in the NBA. Little, little.
0: <laughs> freaking Wilt Chamberlain he, over
1: here. Do you see? He's like yoked now, too. He like put yeah. on size. He's like, yeah. he's like a big NBA body now. He was Still not very string at all, but yeah. No, we'll, but, see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see
0: how his Celtics he two, 10 Yeah, goes. He
1: two year, no, you got a two year deal.
0: All right. He a Smoking two year deal. Boston
1: Pat. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, that's wild. Shout out Nick, so, but not at all. S- don't shout, shout out Nick. Stuskus, yeah. So to kind of put a pin in the playing conversation, it's a very Please. fluid. It's a very fluid situation, and I know it's like kind of. I'm not trying to pander, I'm not trying to to move the goalpost by saying that it depends on what happens in the next one two games. But it really does, as far as in my opinion, and it's not what I think is going to happen. It's just why I think the team is 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 thinking is we're going to keep playing like we're they're not going to shut things down until mm. they're like literally hypothetically eight out with with 10 left nine left and even then so unless there's unless someone's injured I can't see any scenario where besides a they're a game out of a top four pick top four spot in the lottery with three games to go I could say okay I could see them foxes out for the remainder of the season because they got they got mathematically eliminated on, on April 4th or whatever and that is what's gonna happen when they get mathematically eliminated which we saw last season, the, the main guys don't play. It happens mm-hmm. with every, every NBA team. They don't play people in, many, in meaningless games. It's just what is the, what's the breaking point? Mm-hmm. What is the point where they say, okay, it is too much? And in my opinion, it will be in the next week and a half, two weeks, if they fall six, seven games out. So yeah. Until then, anyone out there that's hoping for the team to sit their guys and start throwing games, you're, you're out of luck. It's not going to happen um they're they're going to keep playing it out until quite literally they can't anymore
0: i want to ask you about uh this just came to or not just came to my mind but i remembered that i wanted to talk about it um and i know i'm going to be a hypocrite here because i literally just said i don't want to get boggled down in the minutia of lineups and stuff like that but uh in the most important games of the season uh for a closing lineup i believe i should have written this down but i'm about 95% sure i remember it being uh, Fox, DiVincenzo, Barnes, Lyles, Sabonis. I think da- Damian Jones was in because Sabonis fouled out. But um, how do you feel about that lineup? Obviously, Justin Holiday had a really rough day. Um, the one that stuck out to me was the fact that Davion Mitchell wasn't on the floor. How, what, what do you feel like that, that lineup should have looked like?
1: I, I think it's interchangeable as far as Davion and Dante goes. I think it was whoever was kind of playing it better or feeling better as the game went on and Dante did have a very good game. He wasn't shooting great Especially last night quarter. I think he played well, he he's one of the better offensive rebounding guards in the league, one of the better rebounding guards in the league period. And he, he pretty much put the game away with that offensive board that he, he gave that little shovel pass to to HB for the lay-in. Um, The Trey Lyles thing is interesting to me. He, yeah, we all had our jokes and he had that huge game in OKC and he had a big M1 Last night in the fourth, which mm. was kind of a, a big bucket to kind of stop the bleeding when San Antonio went on a run because Lonnie Walker was 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 God on Earth for a little bit. Uh, yeah, that was also that was Lonnie
0: Walker crazy. Looked like DeMar DeRozan every t- every time he plays the Kings, he absolutely eviscerates. Us. That was crazy. Like, this guy could be freaking Michael Jordan if he played eighty two games against the Kings.
1: Like Brandon Ingram, I think he had twenty four in the first half, which is insane. I think he finished twenty eight, but yeah, no, I think he finished with. Thirty something, didn't he? Really? He finished with Lonnie Walker. The, oh, this is the wrong game. Thirty at thirty at thirty spot. 30. Um. So yeah, I, I the, the closing lineup is. I would not have my. I I don't know. Like Mo Harkless, I think if I keep thinking that we or myself really is hoping that he can kind of tap back into that Portland Mo Harkless, but I just don't know if that's really who he is anymore. Chris is doing the Vince Carter. It's over. It's over. And that's the thing. He either looks really good or really, really bad. And I'm, I'm willing to see the Trey Lyles thing kind of go its course until <laughs> we all know what's going to happen in a week, mm-hmm. that Alvin Gentry's just going to go right back to chimese you and put him back in the starting lineup at a certain yeah. point, right back to square one. Um, but Trey's playing well. I think yeah, having like a big body out there that can space the floor, um, he's a guy that can kind of get in the paint and, and, and get some rebounds. I like that aspect. He's not as good as a defender as Mo Harkless, but um, it could all be matchup-based. But mm-hmm. the, back to the Davion and, and Dante conversation, yeah, that's an intriguing one that, like I said, I think it's going to just depend on who's kind of having a better night. And last mm-hmm. night it was Dante.
0: I really like Dante and like what he's brought to the team. I definitely think they... I wouldn't necessarily say they've needed it, but it's been a nice, uh, a nice energy boost. And I think he is somebody that I would like to see and started insert and here I, I'm going to go do it again where I'm getting locked down in the minutia, but I would like to see him get some really significant minutes. And I don't know if, I mean, obviously Justin holiday had a very, very, very rough game the other day. Um, I think, he, yeah, you said two, two of 12 from three, um, healed that's How's the thing is like i would have liked justin if he just keep that to two of six or something like that like i don't i just don't know why he had to take 12 taking 12
1: threes um, is insane yeah that's crazy. not crazy
0: <laughs> i would definitely expect that more out of dante to take 12 go two of 12 from three but uh I, w- I would just i like the things that dante brings in terms of energy and and like you said obviously his offensive rebounding jumps off the page um but it just, I would like, you know, he, he just clearly has more potential, more, more, um, more value, I think to, to, to the, what the Kings uh, really need. And I would just like to see him get, I don't know if, you know, that doesn't, I guess necessarily mean he has to start, but especially with this current group of guys, I don't see how he's not getting closer to 30 minutes a game.
1: Yeah. I'm, I, I'm pro starting Dante DiVincenzo or Davion Mitchell really. And I mm-hmm. know that, Justin Holiday has been a starter for most of the last two seasons. He started mm-hmm. 52 games last season. This season, he started 49 of 58. Mm-hmm. So he's a starting two guard, and that's, I mean, good for him. But I think as far as the, the long term goals for this team, and Justin Holiday, he'll be 33 in a couple of weeks here. Dante Divincenzo and, and Davion Mitchell are are. The future. They're, they're, Mm -hmm. Davion Mitchell's probably going to be here unless the Kings trade him in the offseason, which you never know could happen, but he's under contract for a long, long time. We know what they want with Dante DiVincenzo. And Dante DiVincenzo has already kind of spoken about the future of the team. I think he kind of knows. I'm sure his agent is aware the Kings are going to match offers that are given to him this offseason. Maybe we should play those guys, especially Mm -hmm. if, if the plan isn't as much of a, of a, Mm-hmm. priority down the stretch. Like if the Kings get to the next week and they're six out, I want to see one of Davion Mitchell or Dante David mm-hmm. starting, or if they decide to shut down Fox, both.
0: I think that's a great point. Cause yeah, I think that's one of the answers that I think that's something that we maybe next episode should focus on is what are the things that we need to get out of for the rest of this season? What are things that we need to know going into next or going into the off season even? And I think one of those things is, do we have an answer at the second guard position? Clearly, I mean, I shouldn't say clearly, but if let's just assume De'Aaron Fox is going to stay here uh, moving forward, you obviously have that position locked down. Is Davion Mitchell the person that you want to run next to De'Aaron Fox for the next four or five years? Is it Dante DiVincenzo? Does he still have that that capability to be a a starter level uh, shooting guard in this league? Is he better suited off the bench as an energy guy? I these these are the things we need to figure out. Obviously, the four position is a massive, massive question. Um, I don't know. You know, we like I said, we can get into that later. But I I just think, um, that's that's just such a great point of of we need to see if one of these two guys is is going to be it going into next if they're, season. If they're a
1: candidate, if they're a candidate mm-hmm. for sure, and maybe maybe they're not. Maybe Davion and and Dante are looked at as. Core bench pieces, which yeah. that's that's great too. If that that means they're going to bring in somebody next year that's a starting caliber two mm-hmm. guard, and your exactly. bench is Davion and Dante, that's a great bench mm-hmm. bench duo of guards. So I want to see what you have, though. I want to see what what the team has. And Justin Holiday is has one year on his contract still. He could be someone the Kings look to move um, in a deal with with either Rashawn Holmes or Harrison Barnes or the draft pick if they decide to trade it. Could be a throw in, um, or they could keep him and have him for bench depth too at the two three because he can kind of play both posi- positions. So um, two of twelve is crazy. Uh, I, I I can't believe that we saw a Buddy Heald performance and Buddy Heald does not play for the team anymore. But uh, he is streaky. Justin Holiday he's very streaky and when he gets hot it's it's all kind of in bunches and we saw that happen at the beginning of the game. He had he had a couple mid or that was third quarter He had a couple mid ranges and then and a triple. So I think it's the third quarter he had a little run. But mm-hmm. besides that run, he, he really did not have a great night shooting. So mm-hmm. um, in in conclusion, the closing lineup, it, it's very fluid and it can change on a dime. And it's not like the, the closing lineup we saw last year, which I was a big fan of. De'Aaron, Tyrese, Buddy, Harrison, Rashawn. That was a closing lineup that I was a fan of. But this one, I think the only people you can say that will absolutely be out there are De'Aaron Harrison and Sabonis, and the other two mm-hmm. are kind of a wild card, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool and and scary.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would definitely prefer it to, for us to know our five. If you don't, if you don't have, if you don't know who your five is, that's definitely like your five guys that you're putting out there. That's that's a real problem, especially if you're if you're in this situation where you're trying to win games down the stretch of the season. Um, you're going to need guys who. Who are bucket getters and, and who can who can bring something to the floor. Um and I think, like you said, mentioned earlier, like Mo Harkless, you want him to be that guy in Portland. I think with Mo, it's just a matter of it's a make or miss league. And if he's making his shots, if he's making his threes, he's a very, very useful player that you can throw out there in those times. But you know, the it feels like seventy percent of the games where he's just not on or you know, he's very inconsistent even through the flow of the game where you can't really rely you don't you just don't know if it's gonna go in or not. Um, you just can't you can't rely on that to be one of your five. So
1: Yeah, you know, one person that could also kind of sneak in there, I I would imagine, is Jeremy Lamb. He's so that Alvin seems he's very high on, on Jeremy Lamb and depending on the matchup, I think he's someone that could close. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that can he has rebounded pretty well. His his shot's been decent. Mm-hmm. I have to see exactly what he's shooting since coming to the Kings, but I'd imagine it's not too bad. He is shooting. Um. No. Never mind. It's bad. Never mind.
0: I, he's I he's rebounding. Like he's, yeah. I don't feel like he's he's you know been excellent. I've liked what I've seen. He's you know he's he is a pro NBA basketball player who can you know be your your ninth guy off the bench or something or your ninth guy off the bench your ninth guy. Um, but you know, yeah, he, he's, he's well, he, a very replaceable level.
1: He had, a, he, he had his worst game as a King last night and I, he only played nine minutes, which every game before that he'd play at least 18 minutes last night. He went zero six of six in the field. Oh, of three from three. Now before that he was shooting over 40% and 30% from three in those other five mm. games. So he, we caught him at a bad time. Yeah, so it's been a bad season for him. It's been, him, to it's be been a bad season for him. And again, he's an expiring and that's one that's not going to be here. But mm-hmm. in games that they're trying to actually win, I could see a veteran being on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where you also you went and got Dante. Mm-hmm. So let's move
0: on to awards, because uh, I know we want to talk about a very specific person quite a bit here. Is it my turn uh, or, your, or your turn? I'll give it to you so you can. No, you go it.
1: ahead. You seem like you have yours picked out, please. Well, I,
0: I mean to me it's pretty obvious and i mean it's part of our rundown here that we're going to talk about him but but De'ern fox to me is 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 playing just absolutely amazing basketball right now um we have in our rundown like i said that we were going to talk about him as is this the best stretch of basketball he's played in his career and initially i wanted to say no and think about you know that stretch where you know, he had the, the huge game against New Orleans uh, in the last season where he had 48 points or whatever the hell and had that ridiculous move where he fakes out Lonzo, Jukes, Ingram, and dunks on Zion or whatever it was. Um, that, to me, mentally, is the best stretch of his career. I felt like he was the most on. But right now, he just seems so focused and so... like. He's just playing like such a gamer right now. Like he you can tell that he's really into each game, um really caring about each possession. In that third quarter against New Orleans, he took it on himself to guard Brandon Ingram, um and really really slowed him down when it didn't look like that was going to happen. Uh he he struggled offensively in that game, I think because of it, but I'll take it. I I think um, darren has been somebody that we've been waiting to see his defensive prowess and it just frankly hasn't been there at all I think throughout his career it's kind of the promise of him being a good defender and he has all the tools to be a good defender but has just never really put it together um, and then you throw on his points I mean you you've put out his ridiculous efficiency he's had seven straight games of 20 points and over 50 percent from the field that's Amazing, especially considering he's not a, a jump shooter and, and gets a lot of his points at the rim. His finishes around the rim have been insane, worldly, insane. Uh, he had an and Tyree one. Gavin's I is, think last Tyree night. is shaking. He, just the way he's able to finish, the strength that he has now to to be at the rim for these finishes. Like he's not you know throwing up circus shots on the way down or something. Like he is fully at the rim and laying these things in, getting the and ones. Um, really using his speed on offense. He, his his start stop is is almost unstoppable. I mean, you see people try and stay in front of him and they just have no idea what to do. Something that's also stuck out to me these past couple of weeks, I don't know if it's just... I don't know if he's actually taken another level in this department or if it's just I'm noticing it more, but his ball handling has just been out of control. I don't know if he's... He just feels like he, he feels free. Um, maybe... Maybe a part of it was, you know, Tyrese was having the ball in his hands a little bit more and De'Aaron wasn't fully comfortable, not fully comfortable with the ball in his hand, but just didn't have the, the flow, the rhythm of the game to to really freestyle the way he is now. But I just feel like especially off the pick and roll, his ball handling has just been out of control to get to passing lanes, to to dump it into Sabonis. I've just I, I'm. I'm at a loss for words. I mean, (laughs) with with all the words I just said, I'm at a loss because I, I, I didn't think that he, I kind of lost hope on De'Aaron Fox being this very promising guy, especially after like
1: the superstar form.
0: Yeah. I mean, right. We, yeah, exactly. We, we, we mentioned, I think in the first week of doing podcasts this season, how John Morant had just leaped over De'Aaron Fox. And to me, that was a sign of, oh man, like this is, we thought this guy, we thought De'Aaron was going to be this. And if Jaws jumping over him and, you know, we see Trey Young, obviously taking a huge leap last season, just all of these young guys making this leap. And it didn't seem like, you know, De'Aaron has definitely improved every single season he's been in the league, um, maybe with the exception of this year. But um, yeah, like you said, I I just kind of lost hope on the De'Aaron Fox superstar and it's, it's encouraging to see. I still don't know if he can be that that one, that one A. But he for sure is convincing me more and more that he can be, you know, a a Paul George to somebody's Kawhi, if you will.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, and I pen that question with the rundown is is he playing the best basketball of his career? Because I I was wondering him, and to me, he is. He he's yeah. only scored twenty points in eleven straight games. One other time in his career and it was during that that stretch of games last year where he averaged, I think, 29 to 30 points per game. Now, this year, over the last 10 games, since coming back from his ankle injury, he's averaging 26.7 points, 4.3 rebounds, 6.1 assists, 50% from the field, and 33% from three. It, it's it's all working for him right now, and it, his assist-to-turnover ratio is, is what you'd like, 3-to-1. Uh, last night, he had nine assists and zero turnovers. The, a couple of games ago, he had... 10 assists, one turnover, then the game before that, 10 assists, three turnovers. He's he's turning back into the guard that can run the offense. And I, I put it on Twitter last night saying that I think it's becoming really clear now that Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton are two really good players. Hmm. And I just think that both players are better suited on their own. And that's not a knock to the fact that they could have worked out together long-term. I'm sure they could have adapted. Tyrese could have. Could have tried to maybe play a little more off ball, but at the same time, why would you want that? Because he's so dominant with the ball in his hands. He's a ten assists per game guy. Um, De'Aaron off ball again. He's very really dangerous when he can create on his own and get into the paint. And he, you can see what he d- can do going to the rim with his his, his layups. Like you said, they're incredible. This is the way he can kind of maneuver his body, the body control. That I think it's a win win for both teams. If Demontis Sabonis can play well with De'Aaron Fox and the Kings can win. And Tyrese is playing well for Indiana. It's a win because again, De'Aaron Fox has been unlocked since this trade, and it's it's a fact the, the guy is playing incredible. The numbers he's posting, like I just read off, they're they're reminiscent to last year when he was when he was a guy people looked at as the next All Star guard before John Morant made this jump. And of course, what John Morant is doing right now is ungodly. I'm looking at his last five games; he's yeah. averaging 40 points per game over his last five games. So that's, that's not a conversation anymore. But the conversation can be had now that De'Aaron Fox could still be an all-star talent. He doesn't have to be John Moran. He can just be De'Aaron Fox. And like you said, Paul George is a, a decent comparison. If, if the Kings can get one more player to go with Sabonis and Fox, that's better than both of those players. Yeah, I think he's a great B option. A great, great, great B option to have De'Aaron Fox. A guy that who has a mid-range that seems to be developing – a guy who can go into the paint and score with the best of them. He's a top 10 and in get into the free throw line. His free throw shots looked a little better this season. That's huge for the Kings. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to watch him play right now. It's exciting for me. It kind of reminds me of watching, and it's sad because Boogie also put up a lot of numbers and losses and people want to call them empty ne- em- empty numbers, but they're numbers nonetheless. And you look at what players are doing in the NBA this season, not named Aaron Fox, the only other players this season, to score 20 points or more and shoot 50% or higher in seven straight games or more. Giannis Antetokounmpo did it in 11 straight. DeMar DeRozan, probably the MVP front runner, eight straight. LeBron James, seven straight. And then De'Aaron Fox, seven straight. No other player has done it this year. No other player scored 20 games in seven straight on 50% shooting. And that's incredible to me. And it should be noted. And people shouldn't look at it and say it's empty because there's a lot of bad teams in the NBA. They're, you know, half the teams don't make it either to the actual playoffs. Nobody else is doing this. So De'Aaron Fox, I'm I'm going co-king co, co king of the week mm-hmm. with fair. you on that. But I think we also can point out, um, do you have anything else in De'Aaron Fox? Um, No, nothing nothing specific, no. Because I just want to kind of, the guy I was going to pick, but I'm just thinking I, I can't, I mean, well, I, I guess this could be my other king of the week, but Harrison Barnes. Just want to give him a little shout out over his last 12 games. Um, again, we're talking best basketball of your career. I mean, we've, we've, we've said with Harrison Barnes a couple times this season and, and stretches he's been playing the best basketball of his career. Well, last 12 games, 21 points per game, six rebounds, 2.6 assists, one steal, 57% from the field, 46% from three, and 87% from the free throw line. He's almost 50, 40, 90 right now over I'm the past awesome. month. Over the past month. I'm you're off of it. it you're I'm all i mean what, now what do you mean well i've been seeing a lot of harrison barnes slander and why like what more do you want uh, 26 and 40 i mean 50 40 like he's what,
0: incredibly efficient he's getting to the free throw line which i think is definitely helping his points per game right now because i, I think even last night he was like i think he was 10 of 11 from the free throw line um I just, he's not, he's not there enough. He, he doesn't make his impact. He's standing in the corner hitting threes, which is great. As you said, at a 46% clip. And I think since the Sabonis trade, he's been more active because he's really the only person who cuts. Um, and Sabonis is otherworldly at finding cutters. Um, and, and Harrison is definitely, definitely taken advantage of it. Great for him. Um, but it's just, I would like to see more on ball stuff from Harrison. Like if he's really, he's just not having an impact really on the game. Like he, he very much takes what is given to him and really no more, no less. And that's, that's
1: fine. Isn't that enough? That's, f- it's not,
0: no, it's not enough. This team is trash. He needs to, in, he needs to impact the game. If Sabonis is going to score 12 points a game, we need Harrison to score 25, 30. Like, He needs it. Especially, he is the highest paid player on the team, and I know that shouldn't matter, but it really does. Like, well, is now, but
1: uh,
0: yes, well, yes, because
1: his uh, it is kicked in. But you're right. He, he, I think he's making the second most. Yeah. Yes. Now the buddy's gone.
0: Yes, he makes more than Sabonis does, like a million. Um, and he just he needs to have an impact on these games, and I know I'm not saying he has no impact on the game, but he just needs to assert himself a little bit more. And I honestly don't think it's his fault. I think it's just the player he is. I mean, people he, say the exact same thing about Andrew Wiggins. People say or Tobias the exact Harris. same thing about Tobias
1: Harris. He's the Western Conference Tobias Harris.
0: That's fine, but also we Tobias Harris is somebody who is also massively overpaid and criticized for but not doing. That's what I'm saying, is, Chris. Doing...
1: Maybe it doesn't come down to what Harris is. I think... Harrison's potential as an NBA basketball player. I think this is this is he's being tapped right now. Like yes. I, I, him scoring 25 is I mean, DeMar DeRozan was a multi-time all-star and he's a way better player than Harrison Barnes. We know yes. that, but I don't know if Harrison could go to the the Pacers next season and and become an MVP candidate like DeRozan. My point is like I think he's tapped right now. He's doing all that he can. It kind of comes back down to he got that contract, sure. And I'm not going to sit here and say, does he deserve it? Does he not deserve it? He probably doesn't deserve $20 million a year. I, I think we can say that. But I I think I'd be remiss to say that people are expecting too much. of him. If you're expecting more than 26 and 50-40 from the field, that's that's like – if you would have told me that's what he's going to be doing, and I think he's even averaging close to that this year. I think he's averaging 17-6, 47-41. So it's, it's kind of like –
0: I think that that's a case where the numbers are lying to you. I think there's that's where you, the eye test just doesn't again show like impact. Like well, he, he's, he he's a bad defender.
1: Numbers. He's not defending well.
0: Yeah, I mean that that too. I mean, what when has he? Yeah, I mean he's he should be the person who the Kings put to stop Brandon Ingram. He's got the big body. He's got
1: And that's one that's what you've talked about uh, a lot too yeah. is the Kings are missing that guy that can and we we've thought Molarkus could be that guy. We not mm-hmm. not maybe realistically thought it, but we've kind of for a minute Can at we, least we be the body
0: him. to put on him. Yeah, and Harrison does
1: yeah. have a big body and I think we we can say I don't think he's a two-way player. I think people have kind of looked at him as a two-way player. He's he's an offensive player. He's a very good offensive player. He's a he's a bucket getter. He's a guy that he can go get you 20 points a night. He can, but it's the impact on the other end that the Kings need. And that's, that's for the offseason pot about what they do need as far as what names who are out there, but defensive like defensive wise, they, they need more defense. They have enough offense, which is why I think if they were to move on from Harrison and bring in a guy that was more defensive minded, it might make the team better for sure, because they don't really need another 20 point scorer right now. But I'm just pointing out he's been playing well. I think they need the a better version end. of Harrison Barnes. I think no, if, I agree. I, if
0: I were to if I were to put my number one need for the offseason, I would say you need to I'm not saying you have to get rid of Harrison Barnes, but I think you need a player I, I I if you can get a player to play alongside Harrison Barnes, who is I mean, there's a lot of great uh uh small forward, you know. 68 to six, nine, six, 10 a free agent that are that are coming into the draft this year as well. I mean, if the Kings can somehow well, let's just say the Kings somehow get the number 1 pick, like Jabari Smith is the exact type of guy um, that would fit amazingly in this roster. There's, you know, Paolo Bancaro who's at Duke. That those are, you know, and then we're kind of getting more back into the draft talk, but there's there are guys in this draft that potentially could give them the kind of boost that makes Harrison an even more valuable
1: player that, that's the interesting thing though too with the draft is is are they going to bank on bringing in a rookie and hoping he pans out over the next four years while they have Fox under contract and then Sabonis is two and is he going to extend that's like the conversation that also that kind of goes into that's another offseason thing to talk about is what are they going to do with the pick whenever they have it that's more like when the lottery happens, we'll have to have that conversation. You saying that but...
0: right there just made me realize, and I hate you for doing this, Harrison Barnes is Kirk Cousins. He just, like, you can do that's cold, man. so much better. He's got a ring. But also, you, you could do a lot worse. And I think the biggest problem with getting rid of Harrison, which is very, I'm a Vikings fan, as you can see, but I'm, Memorabilia, surrounded, all um, slathered. Yeah, there's even like a Vikings blanket here. Vikings, uh, Vikings. Uh, if we were to get rid of Kirk Cousins, we being the Vikings, uh get rid of Kirk Cousins. If we, the Kings, get rid of Harrison Barnes, what do you replace
1: him with? That's and that was what we talked about the deadline too. That was our conversation at the deadline. Mm-hmm. If the Kings trade Harrison Barnes, who in the hell is going to come in and take those minutes and do what he's even remotely close to what he's doing? And the mm-hmm. answer right now. And until they make a move to make me change my mind, is nothing. I'm not saying they should give him an extension. He is extension eligible, eligible, and it it would not surprise me. It would not surprise me if the Kings do give him like an extension, and HB takes like another two years, like 28 million, takes a little bit of a pay cut. It would not surprise me. But I don't think he's going to do that because number one, his agent got him the bag Mm -hmm. when he signed with Sacramento the first time. He's going to be 31 in a free agent and. It, obviously he's playing the best basketball of his career. And I'm, I'm going to assume unless there's a massive regression next year, he's going to get one more decent four or five year contract. Um, it makes him, it makes him an asset to move when it comes down to it, because unless you're going to have him on the team for the next four or five years, you have to move him. Hmm. And that's what the question of who will they have that, that can replace him? Well, I don't know, but if he's going to take off in a year and you're not going to get anything for him, that's malpractice. That's hmm. another, another thing that the Kings can't let happen. So, um, interesting roster decisions ahead Yeah, it all starts with the win-loss record of the next 18 games, 17 games and before we get into basketball reference, that'll be the last thing we do just to kind of look ahead at the schedule one more time for everybody just to kind of give you an idea of the buzzsaw of a schedule that the Kings have they play against Dallas on Saturday who has been playing really well, Dallas has surprised me I've been very low on Dallas and they've, they've surprised me, Luca, again, we know what he can do They play Dallas on Saturday. Then they come home for two games against the Knicks on Monday. The Knicks stink. And then they play the Nuggets, who have been, they've owned the Kings this season. And then to kind of just end this off, just rapid fire, Utah on the road, homestand, the worst homestand I've ever seen in my life, Chicago, Milwaukee, Boston, Phoenix. The good news is there are no back-to-backs. The bad news is they are playing those teams. Mm Mm-hmm. And the good news, one more time, is if you like the play, uh, if you like the uh, the odds of the Kings getting a high draft pick, let me tell you something: you are in luck because I don't know if the Kings over the let me count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight the next eight games. I don't know if I can see the Kings winning two games.
0: No, and,
1: I mean, they, and a, if, a, and a if they do, Chris, it'd be this weekend. It'd be Dallas and then yeah. Monday against New York. So. Yeah. Everyone out there, the conversations we've been having this past hour might be irrelevant. Like I said, the Kings might just lose anyways with everybody playing. And that's fine with me because I want to see how De'Aaron and Sabonis play together. That's what you've invested in long term. You might be able to, everyone might be able to get their cake and eat it too. We all might be able to have to mm-hmm. to join hands in unison and watch the Kings play full tilt and just lose every night and just hope that they play well while doing so. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best case scenario.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I think uh, I think that's going to move me into my uh, Coke Machine. Just just in- oh yeah I, mean, yeah, yeah, I I didn't even want really want to do Coke Machine, but I more just want to.
1: I'm interested. Uh, I'm interested to see who you have because I couldn't really think of one.
0: This is I, I could not neither, which is why I'm going with this, and it's really not even. It's a stretch of a Coke Machine. Rob Manfred. I just want to yell at the Kings. Not yell at the Kings, but like, what a strange way of announcing a farewell to the arena oh we almost did the podcast of talking about arco just just strange just to me like i mean i i know there's been plans for the arena to change to uh to the hospital and and you know be part of a huge project that's going to be part of rebuilding the but um it's just for them to spring it with like two weeks like there's two weeks until the event. I from what I've I don't really quite understand what the event is. It's a free event, but it's still gonna be ticketed. I think they're just gonna have food trucks out front and then you can go inside and take a picture and like write something. It just seems like a like a strange thing that I'm not entirely sure what will we'll be what there. the I, I, overall motivation is for it
1: i believe we'll be there the we will definitely I, be there i um it's strange i'm wondering if they're gonna do some and i, I could probably ask some people that i mm-hmm. used to work with at the kings sauces um sauces and see what maybe they're maybe they're gonna do it maybe they're. i'm gonna... assuming
0: players I'm, old players will show well, up i'm
1: something. sure that i'm sure the prep time to demolish a building takes a lot of work and mm-hmm. we probably can't be on the premises at a certain point while mm-hmm. they pre- prepare like it might take months yeah. to get things ready and, and to tear things out that could be harmful to the environment when you when you blow something up i don't know how it works i'm not a detonator i have no idea not yet but not yet could change a, i could do a little career path change um so I don't know. It's interesting timing. And like, the, I never thought about it that way, that it is two weeks from tomorrow. That is very soon. Like mm-hmm. usually you hear these things and say, Oh, it's next month. It's April 29th or whatever. No, this is like in, in two weeks. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. I think if you are a Kings fan though, and that building was important to you, which it was very important to me in my life. I was telling yes. my girlfriend about how it's, it is kind of like sad, but that building is really important to me. And I spend more time there than I spent pretty much anywhere else. When I was a kid, Hmm. outside of school in my house so it's it's where i became a man i I grew <laughs> I, I i grew up going to king what were games. you
0: doing under those bleachers son
1: <laughs> not that no no just uh just eating eating round table pizza at the arena that's that's what turned me into a man those big old round table slices and the soft pretzels uh I, I
0: think it was, was pizza. Wasn't it pizza guys? I thought pizza guys was there. Uh, it was
1: It was round table when I was a kid, like when I was, I was like seven or eight, mm-hmm. and then they switched to pizza guys. And I was super upset because the round table slices were just pizza. Guys,
0: pizza guys is pretty good. Oh, pizza
1: guys is good too. But the round table slices they had were different. Like they yeah. cut them in bigger slices than you get at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. There was like thicker and just, like, it's like an arena slice. Yeah. And um, the most, the best picture I have of me Arco is that one of me as a kid sitting like in that front row with like the, p- the piece of pizza and the pretzel. Mm-hmm. And that's like the Kings lost in Milwaukee that night. Tony Kukoc, who was like 40, had like 25 points. Um, (laughs) But it's, it's a lot of, there's a lot of memories. And if you do want to say goodbye, come say goodbye. And I was making a a joke when talking to one of our, um, our HR director, Rachel yesterday, shout out Rachel, that we need to stuff Oracle arena with Sage. And just maybe that will be what gets blown up as far as kind of burning out all of the bad juju and, and whatnot. It, it will be super funny, though, if the Kings do demolish Ar- Arco this summer and then next year they make the playoffs. That would just yeah. be h- hilarious. Um, it'd be really funny.
0: Can I, I'm i going to shout out. I, can, I wish I wrote down the, uh, the tweet itself, but somebody tweeted at the station um, when we tweeted out, like, what's your favorite Arco memory? Someone said that they should play the last home game of the season in Arco right now i think that would be amazing <laughs> just like as a true send off like
1: uh,
0: how how cool would that be just rats, one last game rats
1: all over the place yeah
0: i mean they definitely would yeah they would have to
1: asbestos asbestos <laughs> yeah. in the air just i i went there uh, right before covid when i was still working for the kings i went to the arena to get some stuff and i went to like the cage they have there mm-hmm. and pigeons and like rats and stuff probably i don't know there was like dead rats and pigeons all over the place it, it's it's Mm-hmm. Rodents and critters are running rampant in that building, and they have like one person staff at the front desk and security kind of patrolling the parking lot. That thing has been just a corpse sitting yeah. in a parking lot in North Atlanta. Like five years now. It's been there's Six been they had it was really creepy when I went that day too because they still have Jehovah's Witness stuff there, and I went into the building. And I think I told you the story before. The lights were all off, and there it just was a very creepy, ominous thing to walk into that Mm -hmm. building and see all these chairs and dark i don't know it was spooky but i would imagine they're going to give away a bunch of the 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 remaining seats i've seen Mm -hmm. there's like a bunch of seats left and one of my my buddies at the gym i go to was saying he he wants to get his seat because it's still there people are going to rip them out of the (laughs) there is rip them out but playing the last playing the last game of arco i like that idea i think that'd be that'd be a great send off that'd be a great Uh, send off
0: speaking of send off uh are we going to do basketball reference or are we going to do a tankathon sim?
1: Um, I think we could do both because right now on basketball right. reference, funny enough. The,
0: yeah, the I don't player, know if I want to have that conversation. You don't want wa- to have that conversation right I now. I don't know yeah. if that's the time. Maybe maybe in the offseason when something happens and he maybe is no longer.
1: Chris, you're just flaming the Kings TV guys right now. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Kenny Thomas. Hey, now. Hey, Canine. now. Hey now.
1: Uh, uh, what was the taco place called? Royale. El Rey. El Rey. El oh, Rey L- on K. Yeah, and there's like a bunch R- of RIP El
0: Rey on K.
1: So, one note I want to make about Kenny Thomas, though, we don't have to get into his history <laughs> as a king. He played uh, basketball. Dude, but if you look at, he started, he was a big part of that that playoff, the last playoff team. He started 82 games that season, averaged like almost a double double, shot 50% from the field. Wasn't that bad? Now, the <laughs> season, a- season after, he played a lot too, 62 games. For whatever reason, he played 23 games in 2008, eight games 2009, and 26 games in 2010. So over the course of of three whole years, he played 57 games, and I believe he was making a decent amount of money. Yeah, he was making $8 million a year. That's a lot for right now. And that was over a decade ago to not play basketball. He was pretty much the Adonis Haslam of the Kings. Cause I remember he was on the bench all the time and I was always asking like my dad, why, why isn't Kenny playing? And I had to say, well, he stinks. So,
0: <laughs> well, since okay. we ripped the bandaid off uh, and talking about how much he stinks, no, um, uh, leave him alone. I would you know just, yeah, you know, there's a lot of ex players out there. That's what I will say. And uh, you know, Bobby Jackson wasn't, you know, Bobby Jackson wasn't great at that role. It's okay. People just aren't, you have to give him a chance to grow into it, though. Like they... That's not really what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I just, uh, you know, get your money, man. <laughs> get your <laughs> money. That's what I'm going to say. You know, if they're going to pay you to stand on TV and, and sweat it out, uh, more power to you. Wish it could be me. But um, can we please stop talking? Yeah.
1: No, <laughs> you, you, you can stop whenever you want. You are just—you can stop whenever you. I'm trying. I'm trying want. to
0: not be disrespectful, but I feel like my intention of not being disrespectful has actually been more disrespectful than actually
1: just saying. You've been very disrespectful. You also had a, a, a dig at Mark Jones earlier about how he's trying to stay hip. When Mark's a really nice guy, he's Mark. That, is a very
0: nice guy. However, Mark is definitely that dad who like comes into his daughter's sleepover and is like hey what's going on like trying to figure you, out like what's you got to hold people accountable you know the, the, yeah the dad, you know? and
1: i'm sure we will be that well be, i mean i'm sure i'll be so, you, know, hey, I you will, know but i it's i'll be it's a dad someday to throw be...
0: stones at a glass house you know like, yeah, it's true. It's,
1: that's true that's true but mark uh, jones couldn't beat us up though so
0: well you know that's fine i just just call me a hater it's fine i i can live with that they're they're, they're both very rich men and uh more power to them but Uh, I'm broke as hell. So I can make fun of them as much as they want because your checks coming. At the moment, they're the real
1: winners. All right. The 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 draft (laughs) lottery. Without further ado. Without further ado. And I think that's if I can share a screen, right? Yeah, I can share a screen. Yeah. Sure. Cool. Let's see. Did it work? You're gonna do yours? Yeah. Let me let me make sure this can work. Yeah. If it does work, if not, I mean, my MacBooks, I, I can't
0: question. imagine anyone's not familiar with tankathon.com, but just in case you aren't, um, tankathon.com is a website that tracks uh, pretty much draft order, um, and it has a feature on there. Actually, it has two different features. One, you can do a mock draft um, with a lottery sim, and or you could just do your general simulation um, with... You know all the
1: implied logic. I have to. Um, I'm not gonna do that right now because I have to like change things in my system and restart it and stuff like that before it gives me clearance to share my screen. Because I think I, I can have not... share mine. Okay, you can try yours. Boom. Boom. Or I can just do it. Um, share. Oh Boom. yeah. Here we go. So wait, go wait wait go to um go to the mark. Mock... It's oh my uh, gosh! Like, Look at yeah. this
0: like Inception here.
1: Whoa! Go to mock, mock to mock draft. All right, let's do it. All right. Uh, as it
0: stands today, the Kings have the sixth best lottery odds behind uh, the Pacers, the Oklahoma City Thunder, Detroit Pistons, Houston Rockets, and Orlando Magic. Here we go, doing our one and only draft lottery sim here. Oh, oh! Number two pick. And look at this. The Sacramento Kings have moved up four spots. To number, number two, two pick. Jabari Jabari
1: Smith. Smith.
0: The six ten forward out of Auburn. On that At home run goes number one. Um, boy oh boy, if this were to happen, this would be you know that video of Frankie Carticelli and the rest of the Sacramento Kings oh, that, uh, that video, office that is going stupid. Such a good of, moment they got the number two pick. Boy, oh boy. If we'll get Kings, it right this time. If the Kings could could make up their mistake of the number two pick and, and take Jabari Smith, get a forward who, again, this is just like we were talking about earlier, he could slot next to Harrison Barnes um, and just be a better Harrison Barnes. That is, to me, the quickest way for this team to turn around and actually be great. And it would solve my, my begging of... Them getting one of these long, rangy wings that can actually shoot the ball and is like actually a player from the 21st century. It's great.
1: Um. Yeah. I on that note, I think we should end it. We should. Yeah. End it. We, should we should. leave it alone. We'll do it every uh, episode though. Yep. We'll mock- get the number episode. two pick. <laughs> can't um, end it better than that. Javari Smith too, which Javari Smith
0: too, which is exactly who I want.
1: Um anyways, we have games coming up this weekend on mm-hmm. Sunday and then Monday we'll probably come back to you on Thursday after which the Kings man. play Denver. And until then, yep. Until
0: then, uh, keep keep some hope for these last two games, next two games, because yep, we're moving the could goal be post. The last two games that matter, I know. we said it's that next last two, week, but yeah, well,
1: next next three, I guess, because now we're recording after Denver. So Dallas, New York, Denver. Two of those are at home. We'll see what happens, everybody. We'll see what we. We'll see what conversation we have next Thursday about <laughs> we what, what we're thinking.
0: Uh, for Frankie Cardicelli, I am Chris Watkins. Thank you all for listening so much. Y'all have a good one and enjoy. Uh, Enjoy the rest of this uh, King season, even though we'll be back next week. But I just want to remind everyone to enjoy these games. Bye-bye.
1: Peace.